Uh, I really think there's a deep-rooted southern hospitality that is shooting our startup ecosystem in the foot in the form of slow nose. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesoming's podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Everyone, thanks for tuning back into our last conversation with my friend Keith McMunn, my comrade, my brother from another mother, all the good stuff. He's uh, He got me into liking coffee, taking long walks in Lexington's beautiful Memorial Cemetery. They're kind of eerie, but it's great. And a whole slew of other things. Main gist of this, we're talking about the Awesome Inc. Fellowship Program, but also Kentucky startups, why you need to invest into them, how we help them, and why you should care. So that's a quick recap. If you haven't listened to either two episodes, shame, shame, shame. You can listen to them. I would highly encourage it. If not, great. We're going to keep it rolling. So Keith, we said this, I believe in the first episode, maybe the second. Kentucky isn't Silicon Valley, right? That's great. So we shouldn't treat it that way. So why is programming like this and other programs around the state aimed to help startup companies? Why is it crucial for Kentucky? Yeah, great question. Yeah, we're not Silicon Valley and we don't need to be. Uh, I don't approve of whenever people, you know, go to Silicon Valley and come back and, you know, try and make us more like them. I mean, there are obvious objective ways that I think we should. And, you know, those ways might be increasing, you know, funding opportunities. They might be creating new programs that they have that we don't have. but. Um, but what, uh, I worry too many people do is forget that we do have kind of a uniqueness to who we are and what we offer here in Kentucky. Um, so, uh, why it's crucial to facilitate the ecosystem here with something like the fellowship program. Um, I think, you know, at a minimum, it's just a familiarity. It's, uh, it's, a, you know, the fellowship program and awesome Inc in particular have been here for over 11 years. And so, uh, we started facilitating and nurturing entrepreneurs here out of a desire to really just honestly do that. Um, and we saw opportunity and we still see it, but we knew it was going to be a long game. And, uh, it, you know, in my humble opinion, I think you want to work with people or organizations that are willing to embark on the long game. Now, I think there's amazing kind of nationally recognized programs that can move into a city and really like give it a, a good jolt. Um, however, uh, you know, those are primarily going to come from a place of wanting to capitalize on opportunity and not necessarily a long-term relationship. Uh, so, uh, you know, every, every program probably can find its place in the city. I'd love to invite, you know, more national programs to Lexington, but a program uh, like the fellowship from awesome Inc hopefully at minimum is trusted by founders here um, for the long-term relationship aspect. I think one thing, I know I've said it once or twice before, but something that has stuck with me is from a dear friend of ours, Bryce Anderson with Breakout Orange Consulting. He's a stud. He is a, a boomerang, a term that we, we do really want, want to trademark, have credit for. Someone who's from Kentucky, moves away, achieves something really cool, but also comes back. He often talks about, hey, it's important to have roots, be planted, invest in your community, and then you will start to see the fruit there. So I know that's something that we really value. And you didn't necessarily say it, but my mind was, was drifting there. So I thought I'd throw that in. Keith, how do you see our entrepreneurial culture change across the state? It could be 
Actually, I'd like two answers. Like one directly tied to what's going on here in Lexington, but also maybe on a larger, more broad scale, the state of Kentucky because of entrepreneurs. Kind of the entrepreneurial culture in Lexington, I think is continuing to build and build and build and get stronger. Uh, You know, in in a former episode, I hinted that the quality of companies that apply for the fellowship program are night and day today as they were years and years ago. Um, you know, they were, I don't even know what to call them years ago, but they were like cute ideas. Now they are legitimate, viable opportunities to capitalize on. Um, and so I think what you're seeing is building, um, a building validity to the talent here, uh, and the opportunities here. So, I'm not really sure. I have a suspicion that part of that is kind of an increasing, you know, I'm a transplant. And so, and I love talking about being a transplant and maybe giving too much credit to transplants. But I do think that there is a huge strength that comes from an infusion of talent from other places, probably with the help of our universities here that bring, uh, that bring kind of a different perspective of life. And they come here to Lexington or they come here to Kentucky in general and what they do is they just strengthen the opportunities that, that companies can start building here um, with an influx of talent. Uh, I think we're seeing more and more of that, maybe even accelerated now because of, uh, you know, companies or founders moving from the coasts, uh, whether, you know, before or after COVID. I think those numbers are increasing. And uh, so I think we're seeing a more diverse, uh, you know, in mind type of uh, founder or just general talent. To your earlier point, the difference in cute ideas versus companies now, I'd definitely say would probably be the traction and revenue. And yeah, I, I can only imagine some of the fun stuff that you guys got to see <laughs> a handful of years ago. Keith, let's take a quick look under the hood. Where are we still lacking as a resource for entrepreneurs, a culture for entrepreneurs, and whatever else across the state that is lacking for support for entrepreneurs and those who are trying to run their own companies? What are things that you continue to see that, hey, we lack this here in Lexington, in Kentucky, and this is why the coast, even though some, some, of, their, some of their talent are moving, they still have a, a dominant presence for startups in this fast-paced culture. So like, what are some of the differences that you see and that you are confident will change here in the future? Yeah, I think the number one thing kind of relates to an infusion of people from other places. Uh, I really think there's a deep rooted Southern hospitality that is shooting our startup ecosystem in the foot in the form of slow nose. Okay. So you are from Pittsburgh. You like to say that you are a bit more direct, not as nice. You said this in the first episode and you, you see that from a different perspective. So you think that's one of the main weaknesses that we have is that we are too, too nice to say, Hey, great idea. I don't want to buy it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you, what you just said would be, uh, you know, every founder's favorite. No. Okay. Uh, is cool idea. I'm not going to buy it. Um, now if you would give them the time of day to explain why, uh, that would make it even better. That'd be great. Sure. But, um, but yeah, a fast no is much more appreciated than being handed off to a million people, uh, who are all too afraid to just say no. Um, and that's such a big time waster startups, startups, uh, number one kind of resource that is so important is time. Uh, they need to move fast 
And when they are hopeful that they're being connected with someone who can really help them lock in something, whether it's a deal or, uh, you know, uh, any type of deal, uh, being passed around endlessly is a really, really frustrating, slow no. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think Kentucky could afford to be more direct. And I know I'm overgeneralizing by saying Kentucky. Uh, I'll never forget taking my, so my wife, when we were dating, took her to, uh, on a trip to Pittsburgh and we went out to a restaurant and it wasn't like a very nice restaurant. Um, well, it was, uh, for anybody who's familiar, it was in Eaton Park. Okay. Eaton, Never been there. <laughs> Eaton Park. E-A-T-N apostrophe Park. Eaton Park. Eaton Park. And, uh, you know, and anybody who's familiar with Eaton Park knows, Keith, you should take your wife or then girlfriend on a, on a better date. But uh, she will never forget, and I will never forget her reaction when the waitress walked up and literally said, what do you want? Really? Just like a, what do you want? What do y'all want? Or, no, she said, not y'all. She said, what do you want? And, uh, and Melody was like, bus- like, beside herself. She was like, I can't believe that we were just greeted at, at a restaurant like that. And um, you know, when the waitress walked away, I was like, this is Pittsburgh. Like, we just move things along, and you're here for the food, not for the kindness. Uh, I think that I think, you know, Lexington and uh, Kentucky in general, you know, when you're interacting with a startup founder, remember that they want to move things along. Now, the relationship is really important for a lot of these. But uh, but, you know, don't qu- don't quite give them a what do you want mentality, but don't uh, don't be so kind to them that you never tell them no. Yeah. So don't beat around the bush. Be have a little more directness. That's good. This is a tangent to that same question, but do you think that's an issue in life? Not, not just with giving people no's in business. Is it more of a, hey, it's a huge cultural difference and there's a reason why the coast and up north move at a much faster pace. It's because they, they understand that. Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think it is. Let's just say from your experience too, not a general right. journaliz- journalization, but from your own experience. Well, I think the temptation is to become somebody to everybody. Uh, so if a founder comes to me and they need help and I can't personally like materially give it to them, but I know somebody who I suspect can, there's a temptation for me to want to be remembered as like, oh, Keith was the guy who connected me with the person who helped me materially. And I think... Um, I think the difference is that on the coast, there's so much happening all the time that people are not as concerned with like being remembered for like being the the connection. Sure. Uh, whereas I think here in Lexington or in just in Kentucky, I think uh, I think we are more at risk of like falling for like, hey, I kind of want like I want to build my own ego or my own connection resume. And I want, you know, I really want Garrett to remember that I connected him. Yeah, I was the guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's an ego issue that I think we just need to fight okay. off. Yeah. So maybe have a little more self check. Okay, that's good because right. again, personal life does pour into professional life. So I understand that. Going, I guess, the opposite way. Well, no, because usually on the way to f- success, you run into failure. So we, we we just talked about some of the failures where we're lacking in our entrepreneurial culture in our state. Very, very helpful to address. What are you hoping to see differently about our state and its startups in the next five years? So 2020, I know a lot of people are wishing this year away. I think that's the wrong mentality. Work hard, have fun where, because you can right now. 
and by 2025, that's weird to think about, but by 2025, what are you hoping to see? And this is probably something to have more of a general generalized answer about, but what are you hoping to see with our startups and the culture geared towards assisting those companies statewide? I hope to see, okay, here's a very specific thing. I hope to see... Wait, let, let the suspense build. Yeah. Do a little drum roll. I mean, drum roll, please. So I would love to see a measurement tool that tells our cities the rate that talent is coming to us and leaving us. And I would like for everybody in our startup ecosystems or just kind of our local economies to be able to measure, okay, this is what it takes to get to a place where more talent is coming to us than leaving us. So you want a, this sounds like a great digital tool, but a digital accountability talent. Yeah. Counter. Yeah. That's yeah. Way to, way to kind of tie it all together. But I mean, if we, I think that the, uh, the movement of talent in our startup ecosystems is like this kind of like, dreamy enough thing that's too hard to grasp and measure that we're like we're like pretty sure yeah you know what okay we've got this many graduates from our universities that stay in state and then go out of state but then we've also got like a kind of a number of people that are moving here um and i think it's just like it feels just hard enough to measure that like that i don't know that it influences enough people's motivation or hard work so if we could see, and you know, that I love to, you know, I personally always think of things as like problems to solve. And so if we have a disparity in talent retention uh, and talent uh, leaving versus talent coming, I think whenever we can visualize it, then we can, then I think more people really want to jump into the effort of recruiting companies or founders to Kentucky. So that's what I would like to see is kind of a tip in the scale of talent coming versus leaving. No, that's good. And I should say, I think that, I think that, I think there is a disparity. Well, I, you know, honestly, I don't know what the disparity is right now, but I really do think it's heading in, in the favorable direction of more and more people are picking up on, this is the place to do it. This is the place to do it. We might not be the right people to do it. This is the place to do it. That's good. Keith, you have a lot of experience. You've worked with a lot of companies. You have plenty of insight and you're you're being humble which i appreciate give us some more wisdom as we wrap up this this last little bit of time with you about startup companies how to be better present with our local community how to support those business owners really anything that someone can take and literally apply to their lives to their business today and see a different result that will help them in the long run that they might not have been seeing I think that one of the things that we should all learn from entrepreneurs is something that they're picking up on or have picked up on uh, is that their security comes from their power to produce. And I think a lot of people with you know pretty steady jobs that have the predictable paycheck that comes in every two weeks, there's this temptation to believe that your security comes in just having a job. Uh, and People in that position are at a significant disadvantage for remembering that your security comes from your own power to produce. And so entrepreneurs have to prove that all the time uh, because the, the success and growth of their companies comes from their power to produce. And that's their own security. Um, and 
Let's see, just because I read uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People recently, and it really has been a great part of my year, uh, I think that the other bit of wisdom I'll share is that I think everybody should accomplish a private victory every single day that nobody else nef- really needs to know about. So if you've read Seven Habits, you know that quadrant two uh, time or energy is important but not urgent. And these are the most, you know, the most difficult things to accomplish are the things that are important but not necessarily urgent. And these are things like exercising or planning or, uh, you know, doing things that you don't necessarily have to do now, but over the long term, it's important. So, um, so win a private victory every day by doing something that is not urgent but important, like exercise or read or grow in your own knowledge. How's that? That's good. Well, Keith, it's been a while since we had you back. It'll probably be another while since you're on. So yeah. do you have any final remarks, comments? Just know it's probably going to be another 300 days till you're back. So make, yeah. sure, make sure it counts here. No, Garrett, I appreciate you having me and I appreciate this podcast. And I just get, uh, I get feedback a lot about, uh, from founders that appreciate kind of this platform of you telling their stories. And, uh, and I think it's really important work to share the message. So thanks. You're welcome. Well, like he said, if you're a founder, you're someone in our community, feel free to reach out. Let us, uh, let us share your story, learn some wisdom from you. So with that, we're going to peace out. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.